Hello. Hello. And welcome. To History. And History. Podcast. I'm. Amador. You're. Not. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, what after I said I'm, I thought you were going to say your host, and then you would introduce <laughs> yourself, but you said my name, so. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Actual retail. Well, that threw me off. <laughs> I didn't know, know how to respond to that. We're experimenting with a new audio system, audio setup. We both finally have real microphones, and, and we're like both headphones. Yeah, and stuff. we're both like monitoring each other. Maybe we'll just get you another pair of like the headphones I have, and then we can just plug you right in like I am. I appreciate that you gave me the shitty ones, though. <laughs> You're welcome. You're like I got the nice studio ones, and you get the old shitty gaming headphones. Yeah, I liked those. See, I turned your volume up, so hopefully you're a little loud. Hopefully everyone in the audience could hear you a little bit better now. I mean, I, I can just talk into the microphone like this, and we can just do the whole podcast like this, and it's like a... It's like an ASMR podcast. Creepy. Where people are like... Ugh, don't. <laughs> I'll throw up. Anyway, so we're having a lot of fun with this audio, but we have no idea how it's going to sound when this finally comes out the other end. So this may Gross. be a trashed episode. It might. This, end up, this might end up going in the archives and no one will ever hear this. But I hope that's not the case because I think I got a pretty fun story today. Also, we don't have another thing to uh, to put out to the world right. this week. So, so. we're going to hope that this one just works out really well and, you know, everyone's just going to have a great time. <laughs> It'd be so good. <laughs> okay. So now that that's out of the way, do you want to talk about your quiz? Oh, sure. Um, none of you fucking taking it. <laughs> so that's cool. Everyone's getting called out right now. <laughs> we have 500 listens, which means that I made a quiz with a question from each one of our episodes, and I put a lot of thought into it, and I had a lot of fun with it. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. far, my brother and Jen have taken it. Jen has never listened to a single episode of this podcast. And she still did kind of well. <laughs> she did pretty good. I mean, it's not hard. It's not like... You don't have to do a calculus problem? I mean, yes, it's a test, but like, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we want more people to take it, so... And we'll give you money. If you win. You have to get 20 out of 20, right? Or is it just the highest score? No, it's score? just the highest score. Oh, well. Good job, Nick. You're in the lead. <laughs> As of right now. <laughs> yeah. With a 64%. <laughs> uh, we're not grading on the curve. Uh, so you can find Well, I it. guess his, his score does become an A if it's number one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we are grading on the curve. Yikes. Um, you can find it on Instagram at History History Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in our stories. It's like in the highlights of the stories. Link in bio. Is it a link? Yeah. You okay. Link to a Google form. It's Can also you, on our Facebook. I, is it on the episode description? Mm, no. You should put it in the episode descriptions. Can you click that, the link in episode descriptions? Yeah, usually. Oh. Um, yeah, you should be able to. And even if you can't, you can still highlight it, copy-paste in your I browser. Guess, yeah. I think they're clickable, though. And that would be good just for anyone that's just looking at the episode. They can go right to the description, hit that link right there. You don't have to go find us on Instagram. You don't have to find us on Facebook or whatever. Just, well, you should do those things too. Well, obviously. But if you don't have, like, if you haven't, then you can just go to the episode description and do it. All right. Well, do all that. And then take the quiz. It's open till Friday, the 
27th. Sure. Today's That's a week. From, no, the 20, 20th. 20th. Friday the 20th. Friday, January 20th. By the way, tomorrow's Friday the 13th. Yes, it is. That's very true. I'm getting a COVID and a flu shot tomorrow. <laughs> Hooray. Great. Great. Uh, that's, I lost that's my good. COVID card good and I've been freaking out about it all day. You have. I mean, kind of all day. I have, I've only had to listen to you freak out about it since you got home. Well, that's not true. You texted me today. <laughs> Where's my COVID card? I don't know. Not my COVID card. We have your daughters. No, we have mine. Card need. Don't have yours. Hashtag like not my COVID a, card. Maybe it's like under the seat of my car or something. I 100% believe it's in I your car. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, we I should probably get to this episode. Yeah, let's do that. So we don't have six hour An long hour episode. hour long episode again. Holy smokes. Two in a row, pretty much. Sorry, guys. Um, and we just like to hear ourselves talk. And now with my headphones, I can literally hear myself talk. So oh, Well, good for you. It's, uh, it's, real, it's a real big accomplishment. Um, that being said, so assuming everyone hears this episode... Let us know however you want to. If you know us personally, you can call us or text us. If you don't know us personally, leave a comment anywhere. I mean, you know Andrew's going to be like, you sound like a piece of shit. Well, right. But we will ignore uh, We will ignore his comments from the gallery. And anyway. So. <laughs> Last week we just talked tell about. Us, hold on. Just tell us in any way you need to how the audio sounds. Because we'd really like to know, honestly. Sorry, you were saying. In my turn now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, last week we talked about Stonehenge. Did you ever find um, out why it's called Stonehenge? Um, no. <laughs> There's lots of rocks and it... Uh, it henges. Yep. Those stones, they henge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So should we just jump right into my story? Is there anything else you want to say about Stonehenge? No, but I did find out, as I told you yesterday, that I found out that Charles Lindbergh... Uh, landed the spirit of St. Louis on the Bill Roberts golf course whenever he was doing such things. In, in Helena. Yeah. What a claim to fame for Helena. It's pretty That's right. It's awesome. Do you ever think like maybe we shouldn't tell people where we live? No. Because the only people that listen to us already know where we live. I guess. <laughs> also, it's not like we're giving addresses out. We don't even live in Helena. <laughs> I mean, during the Bloody Mary episode, you said what street we live on and in what subdivision. I didn't, though. Did, did I? Though. The exact street? Mm-hmm. Well, that's fun. Don't if come anybody cares, us. go back and listen to that. Don't do that. Are you ready for my story? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, it's going to be a shorter story this week. I definitely am not going to overload people about with the descriptions of cosmic horror, evil creatures and such. Thank God. Today we're, gonna, today we're going to talk about something a little bit more grounded. Um, even more so than Stonehenge, because this shit actually happened. <laughs> Stonehenge is a thing. It exists. We don't know why, but it exists. Right. Um, so, what do you think of when you hear the name Benedict Arnold? Eggs. <laughs> Me too. I think of Eggs Benedict every time I hear it. I think treason. Do you understand I how think... hard it was to write this story today about the life and history of Benedict Arnold? Without being hungry the whole time. It literally has nothing to do with food. No, it doesn't. Eggs Benedict does not mean like treacherous eggs or like traitorous eggs. I think it actually has something to do with a pope. Pope Benedict the egg? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Not, anyway, that's but that was like I put down here. Like, what are some things you think of? And one of them is it always makes me hungry. Yeah. I think and what of, was the other one you mentioned? I think of eggs. I think of treason. I think right. of like, uh, I want to say like willful sedition, but I don't think that's true. Mm, I kind of. We'll get into it. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about Benedict Arnold today because I saw somewhere in something, something about him. And I was like, you know what? That's one of those people that like everyone knows Benedict Arnold because he's a traitor. Yeah. No one knows really much anything else about him. No one knows much, no nothing else. Like I know I knew the story at one point from some like American history class. But... I don't remember hearing anything about it. Like you hear about it. You're like, oh yeah, Benedict Arnold, he's that traitor guy. Because obviously, but where did you first learn about Benedict Arnold? I have no idea. Exactly. Neither do I. Neither does anyone listening to this podcast. But everyone knows the name. Everyone knows what he did. Well, because people say like he's a real Benedict Arnold. Right. It's like the Mud guy. His name is Mud. My name is Mud. Not that stupid song. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so like that, like my name, his name is Mud. Means it means nothing. It's uh, untrustworthy. Whatever. Or it's sure. just like disparaged. Benedict Arnold is the same thing. And more so Benedict, for sure, not Arnold. Like, you you hear a lot of people still called Arnold, even with first names and stuff. You don't hear a whole lot of Bendies. <laughs> You'd be like, that guy's Benedict. <laughs> you think that? No, nah, probably not in the 1700s. They probably never made that joke. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about Benedict Arnold. We'll get into his treachery and stuff, but... On the like from the other side, he was actually a Revolutionary War hero up until he wasn't. So we're gonna talk we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And we'll talk about maybe why no one ever really got the motive why he turncoated. Um, but there's some speculation about why he did. We'll get there. Tell so about it. Benedict Arnold the third hmm. born jo- January fourteenth, so his birthday's day after tomorrow. Yeah. I didn't plan that. That's pretty neat. In 1741 in Norwich, Connecticut. Okay. Norwich. Represent. So he comes from a prominent family. Not every, like, the the Arnolds are well-to-dos. His grandfather was an early governor of Rhode Island back when Rhode Island was invented. (laughs) (laughs) And his mother was a wealthy widow before marrying benedict arnold the second okay so his dad kind of married into money um his grandfather was the original governor of rhode island like he comes from like his name's kind of known sure there's only like a couple thousand people that live in the colonies at this point like people know the name so his mom was rich before she got married. before she married his dad she take my money (laughs) he take her money (laughs) 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 yeah he's a gold digger who cares well, I would think she would be if she married into this other prominent family. Maybe she didn't. Maybe her family's always been the prominent what? one. What? You just told me that she... It doesn't matter. Continue. I said what mother was a wealthy widow before marrying Arnold's father. So she could have been wealthy before she became the widow. Oh, I guess I connected those two things as like she became wealthy because she was a widow. I mean, that's probably the case, but that's... Not it's irrelevant anyway. <laughs> take it, my money. His mother appears in this in this story exactly once. She just did, and she's dead. So, <laughs> okay. Arnold is one of six children. 
And he is only one of two to survive into adulthood, along with his sister Hannah. His uh, brothers and sisters died of the yellow fever. And thus, uh, his family starts running into financial issues. His dad really like is a, a bad businessman kind of thing. And uh, he is pretty torn up about four of his kids dying. Like, make it I into mean, adulthood. Yeah. It was, I think all of them were under the age of 10. Did they all die at the same time? No, I don't think so. They kind of died. Oh, God. I don't know. Can you imagine? No, I can't. And that's why I like... So his father uh, begins drinking heavily, which I don't same. blame him. <laughs> and uh, so before his family ran into like before they started having financial issues he was going to like a like a, a prominent school for the time it was called the canterbury school mm-hmm. and because his family is like a known name and so he goes to the prim and proper school well when his family starts losing money when his dad starts losing all of his money uh he can't do that anymore you can't sit with us you can't sit with us you can't even go to our school so he's forced to drop out, and without the school structure and with a lack of uh, family structure at home, it's uh, tough for poor little Benedict Arnold. Benedict Cumberbatch, I just thought of that. Like, he's the only other Benedict I know. Benedict Cucumberbatch. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know why that just popped into my head. Um. So anyway, so he starts getting into trouble. Like, he starts... He's breaking the law. Good, solid joke. And he's... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get my foot up here. Ah, Okay. So, he is a real terror for his mother in particular. Like, his mother's already got to take care of his alcoholic dad, who is losing money quickly. Yeah, she's, she's got a tough life. So, she asks Arnold's cousins, who own on apothecary business not rose apothecary not roses apothecary but a apothecary business and she asked them to take little benedict on as an apprentice and they do this is little benedict being like he's 16 okay 15 16 he's not like back there mixing potions at like seven years old no no okay i think he's like i think he's over the age of 10 because at 16, he enlists, let's make sure we're going to talk about next. At 16, he enlists in the militia. Okay. Because you could just do that back then. <laughs> I want to go kill British people, maybe. And they're like, yes. <laughs> we want I'm, you to do this, too. That's what we were hoping you would say. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your friends. So, the um, he enlists while he's working at this, while he's working with his cousin. So, he's kind of... Um, He's like, he'll go off and like right now he's mainly because he's part of the militia. He's mainly just fighting Native Americans because mm-hmm. it's not like the Revolutionary War hasn't started yet. This is like 60, 1768. Okay. No, probably not. Because he's, what did I say? 40, he was born in 41. Sure. Yeah. 41. So if he was 16, yeah, it's 57. So he's, they're still, still 20 years away from the war. And, uh. So anyway, he's going off. He fights Indians for fun. Bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Wee! Get the ride a horse. Then he comes back and he works at his cousin's apothecary shop. And so he goes back and forth. And his mom dies in 1767. And then his father dies two years later. Uh, 
So, and he's only 67, 41. He was 26 at the time when both of his parents died, 26 and then 28. Yeah. It's pretty rough. So, Arnold at the time, he then leaves the apprenticeship of the apothecary. And he travels to Europe to buy supplies for his own apothecary business that he's uh, establishing in New Haven, Connecticut. He hires his sister, Hannah, to become his assistant. And this is kind of his first, um, we'll say, brush with the law, that where it's not the cops he's worried about. His business, uh, it doesn't really sit well with the British, like, because he's skirting their taxes. So in particular, he was skirting the Stamp Act and the Sugar Act. They were brought about to regulate and tax colonial business transactions. He's like, he starts getting around it. So in the British, in the royalty's eyes, he's a smuggler at this point. Like, smuggling his whatever goods in and out. Sure. So, he joins a group called the Sons of Liberty. Have you ever heard of the Sons of Liberty before? Um, No. I could, like, when I started reading about it, it was the kind of thing, like, I mean, you'd love it. It's like a secret society, kind of. Of course. Um, that, so here's a couple prominent members of Sons of Liberty. Sam Adams, known for the beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Hancock, known for his signature. Sure. <laughs> and Paul Revere, known for his Raiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what notes. That joke's for my mom. She'll appreciate it. Um, so the Sons of Liberty are a... The the quote I got from, I think it was history.org where I was pulling this from, is a grassroots group of instigators and provocateurs. Real knuckleheads. <laughs> Real knuckleheads. In colonial America who used an extreme form of civil disobedience, threats, and in some cases violence, to intimidate loyalists and outrage the British government. Uh, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. So they're famous for what was the ultimate act of disobedience to the British in the, before the war started. Why is this a quiz? <laughs> you don't know? The Tea Party? Yeah, they were in charge. They set up the whole Boston Tea Party thing. Yeah. So Arnold's like, hey, I hate taxes too. <laughs> Sign me up. So he joins them. Then this little thing called the Revolutionary War starts. Are you looking at me or are you looking at something behind me? I'm looking at you. Weird. What are you talking about? It looks like you're looking over my shoulder. Well, quit looking at me then. You were just stare. I'm trying to keep my audience captivated. Well, I'm not... Whatever. You, looking at me, looking, looking at, at you. you. Okay, so when the war starts, 1775, Arnold is elected to the position of captain in the Connecticut militia. Okay. So once the war breaks out, he participates in a handful of battles, including the Siege of Boston, the capture of Fort Ticonderoga, and the Battle of Quebec, where he receives a leg wound. And that'll be important later on. Okay. Uh, there was one particular instance, and this is kind of where like, we start. I mean, yeah, he was kind of like an outlaw kid. like He liked to be a problem for his mother and father. And then he becomes like a smuggler, like the British consider him a smuggler. But I mean, that's were they really wrong? I mean, or were, was he wrong? Anyway, so at this point, he's playing for America. Yeah. Okay. 
he's 100% on America's side. And that that was my that was going to be my point. It's like at this point there's nothing that you could really see any reason for him to to become a traitor. He's okay. Yeah. So, anyway, once the war breaks out, he Cuz uh, he already is. Like he's already traitor in britain's eyes at least because oh yeah like sure. you're not supposed to do that shit yeah i guess you could think of it that way and he was a traitor in his parents eyes because he didn't cooperate and behave he's just uh sticking it to the man all yeah. over the place the man being <laughs> king george <laughs> king jorge so <laughs> shut up stop interrupting <laughs> anyway one of the battles he fights at is fort ticonderoga where they fort- make the pencils Fort Ticonderoga number two. Did you get it? <laughs> I do get it. <laughs> so Arnold meets up with Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys. You ever heard of them? It's not a band. <laughs> oh, Ethan Allen is like a furniture company. I'm not kidding. I know, no, I know you're not. I think you're right. I'm, um, what, I'm correct. What do you mean? I think you're right. But I'm sure they were named after the Ethan Allen and his Green Mountain Boys. Okay. Anyway, Ethan Allen's kind of, um, we'll say he kind of shoots it from the hip. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like to follow rules, and his men really don't like to follow rules. So, I don't know what, I didn't dig too deep into this part, but Arnold had earlier requested permission from the Massachusetts Committee of Safety to lead a campaign to capture Fort Ticonderoga. Now, that to me is weird. It's like... It's like he had to get permission from the state of Massachusetts to be like, hey, I'm going to go fight this battle. And that just seems weird to me. I don't know. Maybe it's because they weren't a united place. And so he wanted to make sure that Massachusetts was like, yeah, we're good with you fighting the British. (laughs) (laughs) Or if the Massachusetts people were like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing, bud? (laughs) I, I mean, I would assume that there's some sort of chain of command. He can't just be like, take my guys. We're going to go over here. Fuck shit up. I guess that's true. Anyway, so the whole point is he checks in with them and says, hey, I want to go do this. And they're like, okay. Well, he doesn't like that Ethan Allen didn't give a shit. He was like, I'm going to go do it anyway. (laughs) I don't care what they say. And Ethan Allen has command of the troops there. And he refuses to give up control to Benedict Arnold, even though Benedict Arnold is the captain of the militia, like I said. So, like, (laughs) this kind of begins... Uh, Benedict Arnold's kind of problem with the revolution, with the United States uh, military, like their chain of command, I guess. Because he's like, hey, like this is bullshit. This guy didn't sign up for this. Like, I got the permission. Why does, why does he get to remain in control of the troops? And the Congress was like, eh. Because he did it. Yeah, Hello. he did it. Like, there was, they didn't really give me kind of a good answer. What do you want us to do? So his issues with the Continental Army continue. And they are as follows. So Brigadier General Moses Hazen is eventually court-martialed because of a complaint that Benedict Arnold brought up brought up about him. Hazen was a soldier working under Benedict Arnold at the time, and Benedict Arnold said that he refused. It was insubordination and that he refused orders. Um, and the guy shot back that like the orders that he gave him were there were bad orders like they were illegal orders it was to like loot and it was to loot something loot a town or a village or something and the guy was like i'm not doing it because i don't like we shouldn't do that 
Yeah, and looting so, your own people. Right, and so Benedict Arnold was like court martial <laughs> for insubordination. And the guy didn't get court martialed. He got um, acquitted. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. So they acquitted him. Acquitted him? Acquit him? They acquitted? I acquitted it? I think it's acquitted. Maybe ben- I'm the dumbest person right now, but <laughs> I think it's acquitted. Anyway, he was acquit. <laughs> I think it's acquitted. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so this uh, Moses uh, Moses Hazen guy, he he doesn't get court-martialed because I think at the time they could kind of see, like, the people who are in charge of the court-martial, which are other military officers, they could, they were like, hmm, Benedict Arnold kind of has a problem with people. Like, like that's in his file, like his HR file. That's <laughs> like, doesn't work well with others. <laughs> that's in his file. So... Other people just keep, like, pushing his buttons. Uh, he gets involved in conflicts with both John Brown and James Easton, both of which were also Continental Army officers. And John Brown published a pamphlet that claimed Arnold, quote, Money is this man's god, and to get enough of it, he would sacrifice his country. Hmm. Foreshadowing? Mm, foreshadowing. I think so, yes. like, he... He's pissing these people off, and they're like... And they're like, write a pamphlet about it. <laughs> right. I was thinking about that, too. I was like, what a world. To they're just like, early blogs. I wrote this pamphlet. <laughs> Can you go pass it out for me? <laughs> Have you heard my new mixtape? <laughs> right. That's like the early east side, west side beef. East side of Boston, west side of Boston beef. Yeah. What do they call them? Townies? Or is that the name of the neighborhood or something? Southie? That's, there's a... Boston neighborhood for you. Southie? Yeah, it's the one that, um, I think, uh, what's that Matt Damon movie? Robin Williams is in it. Uh, Good Will Hunting? Yeah, I think, I think Will Hunting is from Southie in Boston. Never seen it. Because he's friends with Ben Affleck in that movie, right? Anyway. Affleck. It doesn't matter. Anyway, this guy, James Brown. John Brown, not not the singer. John Brown calls out Benedict Arnold. Is like this guy. This guy will give up the country for money. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. So he then, on top of all these these issues he has with these specific people, he sees a number of junior officers receive promotions to major general while he remained a brigadier general. Here again, political machinations robbed him of his due. So he's like he's like Congress is out to get me. Like they refuse. To because like all these people, it's kind of like what people complain about now. Like everyone knows everyone, so I can't like they're all gonna turn against me because I'm the outsider. Because you've been a dick your whole life. Yeah, kind of been a dick his whole life. <laughs> anyway, so he's like, Ugh, Congress has got out for me. I'm never gonna be able to get in. You're ruining my life. <laughs> You're ruining my life. Leave Brittany alone. Leave Benedict alone. <laughs> so. General Washington, you know, our president. Not the my first president. president <laughs> the first president. He was upset over the fact that Benedict Arnold wasn't getting promoted. And he goes and oh, he tries uh, he spends time trying to calm his friend and find out what happened in progress in Congress and why he was not consulted about the promotions. So apparently Congress is like, yeah, let's promote these people, but we're not gonna tell the guy in charge. Like, oh. All right. General Washington was like, why was I not notified? Because I think Washington like liked Benedict Arnold at this time. He had, there's, 
a bunch of like the like his early war stuff that um I didn't put in here, but he's like there's a lot of interaction with Washington. Sure. Like he's I mean the there's only like so four hundred people on the continent, right? Right. So George Washington <laughs> definitely like knows who he is. Yeah. Washington's like, I'm gonna try and find out what happened. However, before Washington is able to do that, he sends in the following note dated March 11, 1777. He thanks Washington for his support. He says, quote, I am greatly obliged to your excellency for interesting yourself so much in respect to my appointment, which I have no advice of and know not by what means it was announced in the papers. Congress undoubtedly have a right of promoting those whom from their abilities and their long and arduous services they esteem most deserving. They're promoting junior officers to the rank of major generals. I view as a very civil way of requesting my resignation as unqualified for the office I hold. Basically, he's like, they're phasing me out. Yeah. And he's like, this is like, I get it. They're just telling me to retire. Right. I guess I'll just fade away. And Washington is like, like at this time, Benedict Arnold's like, he's got one, he's got that like long strand of hair that hangs over one eye. And he's <laughs> I just like, need to focus on my art right now. <laughs> I get it. You guys don't want to be friends anymore. I'll just fade away. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> if you really don't want me around, I guess I understand. <laughs> Uh, it is pretty funny, though. And it is also kind of like a middle finger to the whole army. Because he's like, you know what? Like, they don't even, they don't think I'm qualified for the office I currently hold. I'm out of here. Like, you could also think of it that way. As sure. he's not being a whiny bitch, he's like, you know, what the hell with this? And, I mean, he kind of does. Ultimately, right? <laughs> I mean, considering we're still saying his name. That's a colloquialism. Right. So, after being passed over for the promotion to the post of Major General... He tenders his, er, tenders his re- resignation. George Washington refuses to accept the, resi- the resignation. And soon after, Benedict Arnold is uh, participating in the Battle of Freeman's Farm in Saratoga. This is where he suffers a wound in his left leg, which is the same leg that I mentioned previously. So he's got two wounds in the same leg. Soon after, so after that battle, successful, great, good job, awesome. You're doing great, Bendy. After that, Washington appoints Arnold military commander of Philadelphia, where he attempts to, so this is where the problems are, he attempts to profit from his position, run afoul of local officials. So there's a couple accounts where, like, he was, like, bribing officials and, 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 just acting generally nefarious behavior and and especially for like a military leader right corruption and there's also talk of um or sorry at this point he he marries his second wife or he finds a second wife i didn't tell you about his first wife they had three kids it's not important really to his story at all uh so his second wife is the daughter of a like very powerful british guy so he starts hanging out with her. She's 18. He's 33. Hey. Yes. <laughs> but guys only live to be 34. So, like, <laughs> right. I guess. Um, and women live to be seven, 19. <laughs> right. Because you got to start having kids at 12 because only two of them are going to live. And... Right. Well, Benedict himself, two of six kids. That sucks. Yeah. Anyway. So they... Uh, they he starts hanging around with this girl and they get, end up getting married. Like I said, she's the daughter of like a high British nobleman kind of person hanging out. 
uh, where did I say he was? Over in Philadelphia. So, he, people, like, the uh, the assumption is, like, or the understanding kind of is, like, he starts hanging out with this girl who then becomes his wife. And then all of a sudden now he's kind of intermixed with these high up British people that are citizens. I mean, they're not military people, but they're still, like, people who have power. And so he's, like, he starts mixing with these people. Mm-hmm. So Arnold expressed, he also starts expressing disappointment and pessimism about the prospects of the United States while still working as a, as a military leader for them. He's like, I don't think we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then it says that evidence mounted that he was conspiring with the British by exchanging sensitive military information for money. And that's like, it was supposed to be through his wife. That's how sure. that started. So, although cleared of a court-martial, Arnold was rebuked by Washington, who called his conduct, quote, imprudent and improper. All right. So, Washington, he's not mad. He's just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I thought you were one of the real ones. I got to sneeze. I finished sneezing. Okay. So by this time, Arnold has already begun bargaining with the British. Why? Um, why he starts? Bar- why he like this? Has? Why he's being traitors? Like why he would sell out his country like this is like it's still like super up for debate because no one, I guess. Because his country know. sold him out, too. Well, I mean, kind of. So that's the thing, right? He was angry and hurt over the many slights he had received over the years. He felt unappreciated by his country and those he fought with, even sacrificing his own leg for this the This is just Killdozer. Yeah, maybe. Like, a little bit. Like, instead of running over He's like, fuck you guys, no, fuck me. <laughs> Wait. That was wrong. <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, like, you had a 50% chance of getting it right. (laughs) And I did not. (laughs) Oh. Okay. I mean, anyway, it's just a guy that snaps and he's like, you know what? If you're in charge, I hate you. And uh, here's what I'm going to do about it. Okay. Uh, This also... So, people speculate that his his pride was most likely the biggest piece of his life that was damaged. Humiliation was always an affront Arnold could never take. So he didn't like being passed over by all these clowns. I mean, who would? And people like Green Mountain Boys, you know, Ethan Allen. He's like, oh, this is shit. And just <laughs> like all these like chads. And Benedict Arnold is like, he's like, oh. <laughs> That's like, like, uh, <laughs> like in, I think it was in Recess. Like there's the, like the standard nerdy kid where like, Someone says something about him, and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagine. That's how I imagine Benedict Arnold sounded when these people were making fun of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, so he becomes fully turncoat at this point. He is. Uh, he was offered an excess of ten thousand pounds and a commission in the British military if he uh, tossed him some news. Right, <laughs> and he does. First, he resigns from his post in Philadelphia and eventually gains command at West Point, which is when he enters secret negotiations with the British. Hmm. He transferred money to British forces and passed on information that would aid in the British capturing West Point while weakening the force's defenses and thinning out its supplies. 
Like, that's crazy to me. Like, he's the leader of this place, and he's like, yeah, just, like, send out more supplies that way. And, like, everyone that he's in charge of in that, in the fort, he's hoping get killed. <laughs> like, yeah, that's crazy. Sucks. So, uh, he's eventually caught, kind of. John, uh, John Andre is the British contact that Arnold was going through. He's caught and is ultimately executed as a spy. Mm-hmm. And Arnold nearly, nearly avoids or narrowly avoided capture by the Americans and eventually fled to England. So I guess they never did catch him. He's like, later, bye. After, <laughs> you know, Britain loses. So he runs off to England with his $10,000 or whatever amount. Yeah. And after selling out the four, like that's his biggest, like, that's all he did. I mean, I know I could say all he did, but like that guy's name is so synonymous with traitor and like anti-country kind I mean, of stuff. I mean, name another one. Yeah. You could be like, maybe like Marcus Aurelius or something. Like he's a traitor, right? A2. Oh no, it's Brutus. A2 Brute. Like that name is associated Of America with... though? Oh no, definitely not in America. Like I. Name another of traitor. Of course we who... have like homegrown terrorism and whatever, like that whole thing but i mean to actually be a traitor of your government like of the government itself i mean i think a lot of people would say okay if we're talking about maniacs nowadays like uh, people would be like i'm 100 percent against the government right but that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about like a benedict arnold there hasn't been another one that i can think of not like a military, like a U.S. military kind of guy, like yeah. high up. I don't know. If even if there is, clearly he's not as uh, like well known. I mean, when's the last like treason trial? I think pretty recently, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe I'm just dumb. Um, I think I, uh, I'd have to look it up, but I think there's one pretty recently. Anyway, yeah. So his British contact gets caught murdered executed uh as a spy and arnold goes skipping off to london they like him there kind of so he avoids detection and uh defects to the to to london as i said and uh, he receives a substantial remuneration for his defection he gets a lot of stuff he, he got paid he got land in canada he got a pension for himself, his wife, and his children. He had five surviving from Peggy. That was the... Uh, Peggy was the British one. Mm-hmm. And three from his first marriage to Margaret. And he gets a military commission as British Provincial Brigadier General. So he doesn't even get the Major General rank. He gets Brigadier General also with Britain. <laughs> <laughs> like That's the same, pretty much the same one he had with the Continental Army. So the British provided handsomely for Arnold, but never completely trusted him. Why would you? How could you? Yeah. I mean, you just <laughs> sold out your... Your country. Your whole country. The, yeah, what's <laughs> to say, why wouldn't you sell out the country you sold the first country out of? Right. Anyway, he was never given an important military command, so he still never got the respect as a military leader that he wanted. Okay. Well, I mean, actions and consequences. He moves to London where he has no job, some admiration, and even some contempt. So I'm sure there are British, probably British civilians who are like, dude, even we wouldn't like betray our country. <laughs> like, what are you guy. doing? <laughs> like, come on, man. Bad vibes. Yeah. 
So the Tories there just dis- oh sorry he moves to Canada where he re-enters the shipping business. The Tory party there doesn't like him and they have no use for him and they eventually make him return to London. They're like you need to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back to London. When the fighting begins between France and England, he tries again for the military service but to no avail. So that's the when France and England again start fighting. He tries to get in the military again. Is he not like eighty five at this point? Uh, 1741, and what, the French Revolution was, what, 1790? I don't know, that was was all in France. When did France fight England? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. World War One. Yes, 1908. (laughs) (laughs) I think the French Revolution was, like, before the 17... It was the 1780s, I think, or 1790s, because it was after the American Revolution. Was it? Yeah. Oh. But I can't remember if France was fighting England in that one, or if they were... Was that when Marie Antoinette died? Was that the revolution? Napoleon? We're getting way off topic here. I mean, you're right, but also... (laughs) I don't remember. I don't know. Okay. Well, me either. (laughs) Maybe we should do some goddamn research. We're only a history podcast. Right. But not the history of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... So he's he tries to like I say he tries to join the war that I don't know which war that was but England and France have been fighting since they were England and France. So he tries to do that they don't want him. His shipping ventures eventually failed and he dies in 1801. Okay. Virtually unknown. His wife dies 3 years later. And that's like it. <laughs> well, like he Tim. doesn't make a name for himself in America. Well, he makes well, a name for himself. He, he infamously makes a name for himself in America. Doesn't make a name. Like, do you think they even talk about him in British history? Why would they? If you're they? from Britain, let us know if Benedict Arnold is mentioned in your history books. That's actually a really interesting idea. Like, do they like him? Like, like that like, an American anti-hero? Yeah. Like, you're like if you're a British high schooler and you're in civics history and they're talking about the Revolutionary War, they're like, oh, like, they got so much history in Britain. Well, but the they, thing, like, right. But they got to do like modern history. Like in America, when we talk about the revolutionary modern history, two hundred years ago, I guess in the grand scheme of things, yeah. if they started in like zero, America's a pretty new country. <laughs> I mean, again, yes, in the grand scheme of things. All right. Anyway, whatever. my point is, I don't know what my point is because you interrupted me. Now <laughs> I can't remember. Sorry. <sighs> Damn it! It was gonna be funny too. Damn it. The British in history in the civics. Oh, yeah. That's my point. Like, when America, like, when you start learning about the Revolutionary War and stuff, you're like, hell yeah, we won that war. Like, you, you hear about the War of 1812, you're like, yeah, we still won. But, like, <laughs> when America talks about it, they're like, we won. Like, but in Britain, in high school, are they like, we lost. <laughs> <laughs> Like, are there are there students really sad when they talk about the yeah? You know, war? there's like history teachers in British schools are like, and then these stupid fucks over here, if they had just done this and this and this, right? Oh, he'd have won the war. If Hitler just wouldn't have attacked Russia, he'd have won the war. It's actually true. Anyway, because the winters, right? Anyway, I just like if you're God, if there if you're a British high schooler listening to this podcast, yeah, I want to know, know everything about everything. Right, let us know because I gotta know. Like, how do you guys portray the War of 1812? Yeah. Were you like hell yeah when they were burning the White House? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all perspectives. Yeah, it's, that is really interesting to think about. 
if you've ever like gone to school in a different country or like I don't know. Nobody ever interacts with this podcast. I used to work so. with a girl at the 911 Center. She went to high school. Man, she would have been the perfect person to ask. She went to high school in Norway, Sweden, Denmark. That's the dream. Right. Damn. She was American. I'd move there now. And like, if you told me tomorrow, like, my job's moving us to Norway, I'd be like, bye. I'm in the car already. Let's go. Evelyn's still in the house. Yeah, go get her. <laughs> she'll, she'll love it. It'll be fine. Bring her snowsuit. Get get the sled. Um, yeah, so anyway, she was from one of those places. She'd be a good person to ask. Like, how does that... Like, because I've never learned... Like, what does the Revolutionary War look like from a neutral standpoint? Like, what does Sweden think of the Revolutionary War? Are they like, hell yeah, we're all about revolution? Or are they like... Mm. Switzerland doesn't give a shit. Switzerland certainly doesn't. That's weird. It's weird to think about, like, how biased your own history is of your own country. Let's be curious to hear, like, what... Because like, we learn the short history of other countries. Yeah. But So other countries must learn the short history of the United States. Sure. And we also get the... My history professor in college called it the rich man's history. Because we get the history from the people who knew how to write it. And... To the victor go the spoils, like the victors write history. Correct. So, I wish well, this I got had really a, deep. Well, yeah, <laughs> I just wish like now it makes me think like man, I wish I had a really good history teacher in college. I wish I had a better history teacher in high school. Like I had an English teacher who was really into English, and it made it like fun and and like entertaining. Even like when we were, we were doing weird stuff like. The Scarlet Letter, terribly written book. And I've told you that multiple times. Anyway, she made it fun and cool and interesting. My history teacher kind of was like, he was also the football coach and he's also the... I mean, they all are. <laughs> right. Name so, one that's not. So he was busy doing other stuff, so you can't put that much... Like, you can't... I'm sure he couldn't put as much effort as he wanted to in it. Sure. And I just... like, But when I got to college and I like got to learn from someone who was able to put in the time and... Yeah, like, it made it like actually so was interested in it. Yeah, my th uh, fourth grade, maybe maybe it was fifth grade, might have been fifth grade. Um, we did like the switching back and forth of classes to get us ready for middle school or whatever, and we went to history in Miss <laughs> Clark's class, and that's where my love for history started. Like fifth grade, she was amazing. We're getting but way the well, we're getting we're getting way off topic. God damn it. Let me okay, finish. Okay, okay. Before we, you're not even done yet. Shit. No. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm having this whole conversation because I thought you were done. <laughs> no, I want to talk about just like his so the legacy that he does leave because, like I said, he he dies virtually unknown in another country. So his name has become synonymous with moral failure, betrayal, and sinister self interest. Uh huh. His complex legacy, however, is reflected in the unusual memorial to him at the Saratoga National Historic Park. Oh, all right. The memorial consists of a statue of a detached leg in a boot, alluding to Arnold's heroism at Saratoga and the leg wound he suffered there. However, the statue does not bear his name. So it's like what? they're like honoring him, <laughs> but not outwardly. Like if you, you know, just gotta know, right? Like if. <laughs> If you know, you know. Like now, you... there's just a leg in a boot. Yeah, it's, it's a oh, it's a it's a statue of a boot. 
Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> you meant there's just like this leg one. sticking out of a boot. <laughs> like, in the what, middle of Saratoga. What, they put it in glass? Like, I don't know. No, it's a statue of a boot. Okay. Of a left boot, though. All right. Like his foot. So I think that's kind of interesting that they're like, like, at least the people in Saratoga are like, yeah, but he kind of won this battle. Like, he really helped us win this battle. He was a key part in that victory for us. Even if he turned against our neighbors later. Like, Those... he helped us. <laughs> I guess. We are almost at another hour. Son so. of a bitch. <laughs> Somehow we managed to make Benedict Arnold being a traitor. We got kind of deep on this episode, though. A little bit, yeah. yeah. We we had some tangents. Yeah. And, just... But I think the one, I mean, the idea of like learning from another country, maybe that might be just something to talk about. Maybe we'll do, like instead of like a history episode, like an actual story, we'll do like a, a chat, like a TED Talk that you love, but where you and I just a talk conversation. about... A conversation. A conversation. I like that. Garth. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, we can just talk about like something that comes up like that because that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a real, uh, real noodle bender. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, take the quiz. God damn it! And hopefully, everyone hears this because yeah. hopefully, this audio doesn't get <laughs> this lost. This might be a, a total shit show, but yeah. we'll see. Um, anything else? Nope, I got nothing. All right, see you next week. Yep. Bye, love you. Bye, love you.